0: Hi everybody, hey. so
1: the sex doll was weird.
0: Sex doll was weird, it's face creeped me out, creeped a lot of people out.
1: I personally find it beautiful, but <laughs> it freaked people out and we got rid of it, so yeah, this is Kyle. Hey guys. In the flesh. In the... In the minimalistic too, fre- flesh. As
0: the smallest amount of flesh you can see. Yes. Mm. This is Kyle. Me. And this week, not as much to talk about. Not a lot for
1: news. Not I mean, a lot. like, not, yeah. a ba- not a bad thing.
0: But then again, the last time we thought we had nothing to talk about, we ended up going as long as the Terrence Malick bench, So we did. We'll see what happens. We did, you
1: know, <laughs> uh, and you know, we'll see where this goes. Um, but how's your week been?
0: Uh, it flew by. I was like, oh yeah, we have to. It's been a week. It's been a full week since the last podcast. What the hell's happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, since uh.
1: Everything even, calmed down a little say, bit. I would say, yeah, everything sort of went not back to normal, but definitely, yeah, calmed down. The inauguration happened. Yep. Which was a great day.
0: It wasn't as explosive or... Or violent. Violent as I thought it in, might be.
1: In terms of... Did you catch any clips? No. So, from a TV production standpoint, it was some of the best television I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, first of all... uh. There are reporters that have been alive since like JFK that have been like, no, that was probably the greatest inauguration speech I've ever seen. Yeah, which is great. Uh, Lady Gaga, people are now saying she should be the only person to sing the national anthem anywhere. Which like, <laughs> which I, I haven't even seen her sing it yet. You had to have killed it. What a
0: huge queue of you know what I mean jobs you would have. Yeah, Lady Gaga just been like every football purpose. game
1: she's there, every baseball game <laughs> she's popping up. NBA games, she's there. Don't have to worry about Fergie popping out of the woodwork. I was
0: about to say, I thought Fergie had all NBA games. She nailed it.
1: No. <laughs> um, uh, but no, Lady Gaga killed it. Uh, my mom loves Demi Lovato saying something. Nah. But she apparently killed it. Everybody that did something did great. There's a and, country
0: singer that came through who's like notably a conservative, and he's like,
1: I want to part I'm the I'm pretty the confident gap. it was Garth Brooks. It was Garth Brooks. Yeah.
0: And he's like, I want to part part the uh Go over the gap and bring us together. So he wasn't
1: trying to part it. He was trying to...
0: Bring it together. Yeah. For some reason, I kept thinking part part the Red Seas. Part is
1: drastically different than bring together.
0: He was trying to hold hands with everybody. There
1: we go. Yeah. With his Red Solo Cup, which I don't even think is Garth Brooks. No. (laughs) I think that's Kenny Chesney. It Uh, was Garth Brooks. Uh, But a
0: lot of... Just a lot of people... Saying well. (laughs) No,
1: like the inauguration was apparently great. I will say at work, it was really funny. My boss got annoyed because somebody called and said, Happy Inauguration Day while they were placing their order. He didn't hang up, (laughs) but he, you know, call ends. He takes the order. He's like, whatever. And he's like, Happy Inauguration. Who says that? And as soon as I realized it annoyed him, every single person that I had an interaction with through the window I went, hey, happy inauguration day. <laughs> happy. Every it's a fa- day. Every phone call. Good morning, Blue Moose. Happy inauguration day. <laughs> Anything. Anything. And I watched his face every time. And he hated it. And it brought me so much joy. Because everybody else was like riding the wave. They were like, yeah, no, this is a big day. This is a major day. Customers were like, big day. Big day. Big day. Huge not, day. Not my boss. For my boss, it was Tuesday. For my boss, it was for my boss. It was any other day. It was
0: it was a regular bullshit. It was a day. Wednesday.
1: Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was awful, but it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, no inauguration went great. I assume I wasn't there.
0: I watched it. It was it was
1: it was good. Yeah, the clips were great. Yeah, uh, I love
0: the the clip of the journalist that 8 years ago was like Mr. Vice President. He oh, got a
1: fist pound. Not the journalist, Al Roker. Oh, it's Al Roker. Put respect on my man. I don't know who it was. I Love Al Roker. Al Roker's the man. What's he famous for? He's a weatherman for the Today show. Do you actually not know who Al is? I actually don't know who Oh no, he Al Roker. was he's the he's uh he was the weatherman for the Today show. I think he still is, but I know right now he's I think he's still battling pancreatic cancer. Oh. He's no, great. He, he Yeah, it's Al Roker. He is the weatherman for the Today Show on NBC.
0: Is he just, like, a super cool guy? Yeah, he's
1: just great. And he always, uh, whenever he did the weather report, he'd be like, you know, that's what's happening here. Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. Like, that's his, like, catchphrase.
0: Oh, that's Al Roker? Yeah,
1: he's great. Oh, Okay, I know who that is. Um, He's awesome, and he he just seems like a really likable guy. Uh, now I'm on his, like, he... <laughs>
0: Looking at him now. Yeah,
1: he's great. Uh, he used to be fucking huge, though. He, I know he got um, like I recognize the name. Yeah, he got uh, liposuction, I think. Something. He he used to be a he oh. used to be big.
0: Oh, as in like not huge. I thought you meant like celebrity. No, like, no, he
1: used to be big. Health-wise. He used to be a big boy. Yeah, he used to be a big boy. Uh, gastric bypass surgery to lose oh. weight. He dropped a hundred pounds, but. He holds a world record for the longest uninterrupted live weather report.
0: Just because?
1: Yeah, but how long do you think it was? And I can tell you what the previous record was.
0: Tell me what the previous one was.
1: 33 hours. What? Uninterrupted weather report. 33 hours. 48.
0: 34. 34. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he blew it out of the water or he barely passed it, but he barely passed it.
1: But uh he did it. It was called the Rokerthon and he did a nonstop 34 hour weather forecast on NBC from 10 05 p.m. on November twelfth until about eight a.m. on November 14th. And it was a fundraiser. He's a cool dude. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. I used to like to do
0: that at my radio station, just like yeah. go as long as I can.
1: Uh, that, but that he, would be he started as the full-time weather anchor for the Today Show in 96, and he's still going. Nice. Uh, I
0: think, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. He's still going. Good. Thank God. But yeah, he, uh, he got a fist bump from, <laughs> from Biden. Joe Biden? Sorry. That was a long rabbit hole. Uh, but he got a fist bump from Joe Biden in 2008, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he just got one. During this inauguration, which I thought was great, because they showed the clips back to back, and it's basically the same motions too. Like they're both like,
0: Joe Biden's a little slower, but that's it. Yeah,
1: they're still Joe Biden's still just like, no, I got play, I gotta go, I got places to, you know what? Yeah, hell yeah, Yeah, let's go. I mean, do you wanna? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, no, thought that was cool. Uh, but I have been, I haven't been keeping up with news because I have still been watching so many movies. Yeah. So many movies. I watched Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan. You told me that was So good. So good. So good. Uh, Really dark. So dark.
0: You told me it was sort of like a, not like Barry, but like that type of
1: dark comedy. It's very dark comedy, yeah. It's like Barry in that sense of like, you're going to laugh at shit and think like, oh, I'm a sick fuck. Uh, But so good. Uh, I watched the Tom Hanks movie, News of the World. Hey, told me that was way better than you thought it was. Yeah, would. I didn't know anything about it going into it.
0: Cause I thought it would be kind of like mediocre.
1: Yeah, well, cause it so it it looks like and it is a Tom Hanks vehicle, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, it's a Tom Hanks movie. He's gonna be good in it. Whatever. But then I was watching it, and I'm like a half hour into it. I'm laying in bed watching it with my girlfriend, and I'm like, This is good. Yeah. This isn't bad. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I thought this was going to be bad. She was like, well, why are we watching it then if you thought it was going to be bad? And I'm like, that's a really great question. I don't have an answer. Uh, great <laughs> well, question.
0: Well, it's Tom, because it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, like, I got to see, see if it's, it's okay.
1: Um, but then I looked it up, and did I tell you who directed it? No. You want to guess who directed it? You know I'm going to just be I can wrong. tell you one of the <laughs> other movies they've directed. What? The Bourne Ultimatum.
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, uh, no, I don't remember what his name is. Do you want another hint? Yeah. The Bourne Supremacy. I know, we made the two good Bourne movies. We. Do I, you want
1: another hint? Yeah. Jason Bourne. The fourth Bourne movie. The fifth one, actually, in the franchise. Shit, I couldn't have guessed. Uh, it, it's made by fucking Paul Greengrass. Who, people aren't going to know who that is by his name, which is fine. Uh, he's a good director. He's not terrible. He uh, he's made a lot of good stuff. He made um, Bloody Sunday, which is good. He made The Bourne Supremacy, which was really good. Uh, he made United 93, which is an amazing movie about the flight on uh, 9/11. Oh, you, yeah, United Flight 93, the one that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, he made The Bourne Ultimatum. He made Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks, so that was cool because I was like, oh, they've worked together before. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. And,
1: and Tom Hanks was good in that. There's a scene at the end of that movie where Captain Phillips goes into shock after he's been saved.
0: That that scene like exactly. Upsets you know me. the scene I'm
1: talking about. Yeah. I'm convinced that Tom Hanks like legitimately went into shock. Like it's amazing.
0: It's it's a beautiful It's a, such a good scene. Amazingly acted scene. Um and he it also cry. he
1: also made a is it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> is it film? It's a three-part It's a miniseries movie thing called 22nd of July, which he made. It's the last thing he made before this movie. And I think that it is entirely underappreciated. I've watched it a couple times. But it's about uh, Norway's worst terrorist attack ever.
0: Going on the list. Things it's so to good. Watch.
1: 70 people were killed. But the movie, the movie itself is so good. It's, of course, tragic. But he's really good at directing stuff when he handles it, like when he handles it with care, you can tell. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, 20, 20, 30 minutes into this movie. And I was like, this is, this is pretty fucking good. I didn't think this would be good. And Ali's like, well, why are we watching? I'm like, well, cause Tom Hanks is in it. And some critics are like, it's pretty good. You should watch it. And others are like, well, it's whatever. And so I went and I watched it and it's good. Like I liked it. It's definitely not in my top 10. It's not a mention. Tom Hanks is good as always. Uh this little girl that's in it cuz a yeah, blonde one? Yeah, there's it's literally so Tom Hanks plays this guy who it's called News of the World and his, his whole job is in Texas in the 18 like maybe late 1860s early 1870s. It seems so,
0: right before industrial. Yeah, it, it's right
1: after the Civil War. Yeah. Like Civil War is still fresh. Uh he travels from town to town in Texas with newspapers. And just reads headlines to people, and news stories of what's happening around the country and the world, and that's it. And he stumbles upon this car- this this carriage,
0: this caravan. This
1: no, just one carriage. Oh, and it's destroyed. And there's this this little girl, and he's like, "Well, I we gotta get out to of town." Gets to the town.
0: (laughs) Just with that much, like, passive non caring. Well, yeah. He's like, I can't
1: just leave a girl out here. Brings her to the town. Finds the military. He's like, I found this lost girl. Hmm. Military's like, okay. Because she speaks, like, the Native American tribe, whatever language they speak. Yeah, she doesn't speak English. She doesn't speak English. She speaks that. And he's like, you know, she speaks this. And they're like, well, our translator's gone. He's not going to be back for three months. So you can bring her. Wherever she has to go, because she had papers on her to be transported somewhere, and he's like, "Well, that's not my job. I got to go town to town and read news." And the military's just like, "Dude, we don't fucking care, bro. <laughs> Let this girl go or don't. We don't care." And so then he he does. He, he goes with her, and they go from town to town to make money. But he's he's bringing her to Along. her surviving family, basically. Yeah. But this actress is really really good, and I like the dynamic of her and Tom Hanks. And I realized, like, she had this confidence that young actors, I, you don't really see. Yeah. And I looked into it, and its be- I- I'm convinced it's because this actress, whose name is um, Helena Zangle, she doesn't know who Tom Hanks is. <laughs>
0: Man, it's not it's not perfect acting training. It's not she's done this for a long it's, time. She just literally I'm convinced it's that. She isn't like not looking at she's not looking, at, she's not looking look at this at guy
1: going, "Holy shit, it's <laughs> Forrest Gump." She doesn't know who the fuck Forrest is. Yeah, exactly. Is. She was asked about it about what it was like working with Tom Hanks cuz it's fucking Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like, he has a record for Oscars. He has two, but he's the only person to get two in the same category for acting back to back. He's a great actor. And they were like, what's it like working with Tom Hanks? Like, weren't you scared? Nervous? What were you thinking? She's like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, come on, Helena. What were you thinking? And she goes, I honestly, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> she was like, I saw him in, uh, in, uh, and the, the, the person interview. he's like, Apollo 13. No. Forrest Gump. No. Green Mile. Bugger. Anything. Just rattling off Tom Hanks movies. No. Oh, I saw him in the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> And that's the only Tom Hanks movie she saw. <laughs> she had no idea who this man was. And I genuinely think that that made her better in the movie. Because the character she plays is sort of confident, independent, doesn't want his help. Yeah. And so she's like telling off Tom Hanks' character verbally and physically like fights him a couple times. And it's just like, wow, she's, she's killing it. And I'm convinced it's just because in her head, she wasn't thinking like, I'm about to fucking cuss out Woody.
0: <laughs> she's like, nah, I'm just going like, to fight I don't fucking know who, old man. She's
1: like, I don't know who this old white man is. Exactly. I'll, sc- I'll scream at him.
0: There's no holding back. There's no wavering of anything. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go after this fucker. Uh,
1: but it was good. It was <laughs> it was really good. The
0: energy between her not knowing who he is reminds me of the same energy that Tony Hawk gets throughout his entire life because nobody knows who Tony Hawk is anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and everybody's same, like, "You really look
0: like that Tony Hawk guy," and he's like, "Same yeah, thing." Yeah, yeah, same thing. Like,
1: <laughs> like she she killed it, and so did Tom Hanks. It it is really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I hope that it gets recognition come awards time. Like, I hope she gets nominated. I hope Hanks.
0: You don't feel like it's gonna win, no, an award. No, I, I hope it gets. So. I hope
1: it gets recognition though. Yeah. I hope it gets nominated for stuff because like cinematography on point, direction on point. Writing was okay, but it was adapted so like on point. Um Hanks great. This girl great. So I hope they I hope they get the recognition, but I don't I don't want if it if if the girl gets nominated for best supporting actress, I'm happy. If the girl wins best supporting actress, you won't be happy. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those situations. Like like if Hanks gets nominated for best actor, awesome. Yeah. If he wins over Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal or Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainley's Back Bottom, I'm mad. He wasn't the best actor this year, but he was good in this movie.
0: I really meant to. I meant to. You didn't watch Last it Last night, you I meant watch to watch Sound of Metal, but I did watch Chinatown.
1: You did watch uh, Chinatown. I
0: did watch Chinatown. What do you think of Chinatown? It was really... I love the, uh, the way they use sound in it and the lack of it, rather, because there's yeah. like no soundtrack in that movie. So it's like this weird tension the whole time. I thought it was obviously a classic. It wasn't my favorite like classic movie.
1: Was, oh no, it's not mine either.
0: No, but it was a good movie. I thought Jack Nicholson, I the whole time I watched Jack Nicholson, I felt like he was trying to not be He was trying really hard to not be Jack Nicholson. He was trying really hard to be uh one of the classic like Maltese Falcon PI yeah, guys. Sort of boring. Yeah, he didn't But it didn't run by me as, like, a PI guy. It felt like Jack Nicholson being a dude that was investigating shit. But the story and the twists were really, really fucking interesting. It's the fact that it's about this whole, like, Watergate scandal, essentially. Like, this whole, they're dumping water uh, when L.A. is in a drought. And it's this whole conspiracy. I thought that was actually really genuinely interesting. Some people might find that really fucking boring.
1: I would would like to point out that... I like that you used Watergate, but now I'm picturing because the movie deals with water in a literal sense. Yeah, just a literal Watergate being shut, not <laughs> yeah. the Watergate political scandal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different.
1: Because like when you said Watergate, I was like, yeah, it's not like Watergate at all. And then <laughs> I was like, wait, no, they are holding back a flood. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they are they are cutting off LA's water supply. It's
0: a government conspiracy. It's a it's a huge government issue. Um there's like a bunch of people that are corrupt. It's, it's a that's got a couple of parallels to Watergate.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: But it's more just about uh them these people were dumping fresh water to keep LA in a drought so they could purchase land further away from LA mm-hmm. so that when uh that land gets really cheap because it's all dried up and it's dead. They can make orchards there and then re-irrigate it and make a shit ton of money. So it was. I thought it was really cool. I thought the premise was really really cool. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed Chinatown.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Cause I remember. So I've always been. Um, and you'll understand this. People watching won't. I've always been this way with movies. Where I like, I just read all about them online. I watch a shit ton of them. I read all that shit. I'm into them. I've been like that since high school. Chinatown is a classic. If you look on a list of top 10 classic mystery thrillers, it's on there. Classic neo-noirs, it's on there.
0: Yeah, it's like one of the last neo-noirs. Best
1: movies. I wouldn't say that. Best movies of the 70s. It's on there. There are so many lists that it'll pop up on. So like in high school, I was like, I got to watch Chinatown. And I watched it. And because I was like 15, I didn't give a fuck about the plot. Because I don't care about the water supply of L.A. County being cut <laughs> off. I didn't care about the politics. And all the articles are like, the ending. The twist ending. You got it. It's not a twist, but the shock ending. You got to yeah. see. And it ended, and I was laying in bed. And I remember, I'm, I'm in my aunt and uncle's bed. Laptop on my chest. It ended, and I went, nah. Okay. <laughs> and I got out of bed. I was like, all right, it was good. Because it is. The acting's great. I've rewatched it since. It is a classic. The
0: ending made me like frustrated.
1: It's one of the most depressing yeah, endings. Yeah,
0: it made me really frustrated because I'm like, this is bullshit. Come on, man.
1: It's such a depressing ending.
0: Forget about it, Jack. It's Chinatown. Yeah,
1: a list of movies. It's on lists of movies, too, where it's like, lists of movies that leave you with no hope. Yeah, it's Chinatown. frustrating. List of top ten movies with the most depressing endings. Chinatown. Chinatown. Like, like there, it's on there. It is a great movie, it though. It gave
0: me the same feeling of frustration as, like, Shutter Island did, where I'm like, fuck.
1: Yeah, damn it! No, it. Yeah, I get that. But um, I'm glad you liked it because it is. Yeah. I'm glad you finally watched it. It is a classic. It deserves to be watched. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. I awesome. also
0: love noir films, so I was like, oh, I gotta go back and rewatch some of my favorite noir films. I yeah. gotta watch Double Indemnity again.
1: But so you watched that. I've also watched the Netflix uh, action movie Extraction. Oh yeah, with you just tonight, right? Uh, yeah, I was rewatching it tonight. But I watched it because there's a YouTube channel that I, that I watch and I think it's great. And I wish more people watched it because they deserve more attention for their list, lists in general. Uh, but Cinefix released their list of top 10 movies of 2020. And for their action movie, because they do it by genre. So they're like, you know, our 10 best movies by genre of the year. And they got to action movie and I'm like, it's going to be Tenant, It's got to be. They shout out Tenet. I'm like, "Is not fucking Tenet? I'm like, what the fuck could it be? And they picked Extraction. I'm like, I didn't watch this because it's a Netflix original movie that I didn't hear shit about. Everybody that I heard watch it was like, it's okay. I went and watched it. It's awesome. Really? It's so cool. It has fucking Thor. It's What's Chris his name? Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. The whole plot is, uh, it's it takes place in, I think, Think, hold on, let me get the city right Because it takes place in India But there are so many major cities in India So Okay <laughs> It doesn't say oh, where, the ki- where the kid's from But The city that m- Most of the action's from in Is Dhaka, Bangladesh And the whole plot Is a drug lord in Bangladesh Kidnaps the son Of the biggest drug lord in India. So the biggest drug lord in India hires uh, people to get his son back for him. From the biggest drug lord in Bangladesh. Hijinks ensue. Um, And by hijinks (laughs) I mean some fucking awesome action. It's so dope. Like it's literally, it's, it's Chris Hemsworth is a mercenary. You don't really learn his backstory. You don't really fucking have to the intro to chris hemsworths chris hemsworths character <laughs> is it's him and it's two dudes it's him and two dudes and they're on top of a cliff in a canyon with a river running below them and one of them's on the edge of the cliff going holy shit we're really really fucking high oh my god we're so high we're so fucking high and then the other one goes find a different adjective stop swearing all the time it's bad just find a different fucking adjective. <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth is laying on the ground and he laughs. And he gets up, takes a sip of his beer, hands it to his buddy. He's like, hold my beer. The guy goes to take a sip. As he's walking towards the edge of the cliff, he goes, I said, hold it, not drink it. And he just walks clean off the cliff and fucking straight into the water. That's the opening? That's the that's the introduction to his character. That is the first time you see his character. That sounds like good dialogue. It's also... No. No. No, the dialogue in this movie is awful. But the cool. action...
0: I was about to say, it depends on how that's delivered. No,
1: the di- the writing in this movie is subpar. The action sequences are awesome. And just the overall, like, the cool factor is so good. Like, the introduction to your main character, who is a mercenary, who is going to go hunt down and find a kid and get him out of a city while he's being hunted. Your intro to this character is, wow, we're really high up on this cliff. Fuck, that's scary. And he just walks to the edge and goes, yeah, and jumps off. (laughs) And then just falls in the river. And then he just, he sits at the bottom of the river meditating.
0: So he just big, he's just a badass man. He gives
1: off the biggest dick energy (laughs) ever. And I wasn't going to watch this movie. I had no interest in this movie. The trailers came out for it. I didn't care for it.
0: He just sounds like a classic invincible dude. Yeah,
1: like nothing about this appealed to me. Right out the gate. Like, I was like, I don't want to watch this. I didn't think it was going to be great. Seeing it on that list, I was like, is it really that good? I don't think it's that good.
0: They think it's good.
1: But it's good. The action in it is just awesome. Like, the action sequences are great. And there's one part, uh, the kid gets taken by, like, some cops during a giant long action sequence. And then this other bad mercenary pops in. Kills the cops, grabs the kid, goes to walk away, walks into a street to make sure it's okay. And Chris Hemsworth's character fucking hits him with a truck. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Just drives a truck into him and then he opens the door. He's like, get in, kid. And the kid says he's like, you hit him with a truck. And Chris Hemsworth, who's beaten, like this is towards the end of a (laughs) fight scene. He is bloody. And he's just like, yeah, get in. Like to him this is just like I'm gonna win this fight Just get in the truck Like It was just It's awesome There's uh, no
0: getting out There's no sharpshooting Just no, get he, in the truck
1: It literally It start, the That whole fight sequence Starts off with a firefight Where he's just murking people And it's like wow He's fucking good with a gun And then he pulls out a knife And he's good with a knife And then he uses his fist Gets thrown off a roof And you're like Oh Not so good ah. And then the kid gets Dragged out by the cops Bad guy shows up Kills the cops Steals the kid Goes around a corner and a fucking truck hits him. And Chris Hemsworth is in the truck and it's like, oh, no, nah, he's good with his fists. <laughs> he, he, he did it. Uh, but so that was awesome.
0: That just made me think about it. Because you told me the dialogue's
1: bad. And after like
0: the back forth dialogue, because natural dialogue is important to write. But when it comes to like, there's uh, I think there's good writing, natural dialogue you can write. And then there's the delivery of that like, yeah. natural dialogue. Yeah. When it comes to that movie, might have been written subpar because it's an action movie. But also, when I hear that, it could go either way depending on how the actors delivered those lines. Of just like, hey, don't drink my beer, because I think about like Wolverine or someone. Like Hugh Jackman nailed it because he nailed it. Like he, yeah, the deliveries are important. Give those line to lines to somebody else that's not Hugh Jackman, and it falls apart because they're not badass. They yeah. don't commit to that. So that's like an, a weird thing with dialogue, I always feel like, um, that I'm a sucker for, because I like writing a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard to write scripts that sound natural when you don't know how the actors are going to like react to the script, which is why I completely vibe with Terrence Malick throwing away a script yeah. on his off days.
1: <laughs> but, so I finished, I watched that, and it's great. And then, uh, I recommend. And I also watched... I finished rewatching The Last Dance, that documentary on Michael Jordan, which if anybody hasn't seen, it's so good. Just watch it. I've watched it like four times. It's so fucking good. It's ten episodes. They're great. They make me feel like I like basketball. Then I watch a basketball game. I don't really like basketball.
0: Yeah, those documentaries hype the fuck out of sports. They're
1: so well. No, it's just awesome.
0: Well, also I like I watch like Moneyball, and I'm like, oh, I want to watch baseball. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, have you seen The Last Dance? No. Do you know what it's about? Michael Jordan. Yes and no
0: Is it about his legacy? No,
1: it's about his 98 season with the Chicago Bulls Where they were going for a repeated three-peat So he had already won three championship titles with the Bulls And then he won two more in a row with the Bulls And he was brought back for a final season Because he would only play under the coach Phil Jackson And the Bulls were like, this is Phil Jackson's last year So he was like, "All right, then I'm only playing one more year in Chicago This is it this is, oh, perfect. This is it. And they went for a three-peat. But the fucking documentary is so good. Like, it shows going through the 98 season, and then it cuts back to the parallels that the 98 season had with his entire career. And it also just shows you that he was a fucking... Two things. One, asshole. Michael Jordan? Oh, <laughs> asshole. Huge asshole. He was a dick. And two... Probably the greatest athlete of all time. Absolute animal on the court at practice, a beast. He was fucking amazing, and it's just you watch it. And it's like wow, he was fucking good. Like like when you when people argue now about like no LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. First of all, it's a stupid argument. They played at different times. It's it's a stupid argument. But I don't know what Jam- I don't know what LeBron James is doing. But if he's doing what Michael Jordan was doing. First of all, he's insane, but I know he's not like Jordan was amazing. Uh, and I, I just love that documentary It's always entertaining to me. But I watched um, uh, One Night in Miami.
0: Oh, is that the one with all of the um, uh, with like Malcolm X?
1: Yeah, it's it's fucking Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Muhammad Ali. And I think Jim Brown. Yeah, Jim Brown. And it's a it's it's a hypothetical two things. First of all, it's good. Secondly, it's directed by Regina King. You know who that is? Yeah, you do.
0: I do, but oh, do. I just pictured—I just imagined edit lady. This lady. Oh yeah, yeah. I just imagine King. when I edit later and you just unscrew the cap right next to the mic. <laughs> I
1: have fun editing this guy. So I'm going to talk about the movie doing this the entire time. <laughs> Hi guys. Uh, but it was. Ooh, uh. Say something, cop. Say something. Fucker. Say something.
0: It was directed by.
1: Um, <laughs> it was directed by Regina King. It was directed by Academy Award winner Regina King. Put respect on her name. Regina King, the queen. Um,
0: oh, fucking Regina King.
1: Yeah. And it stars Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey. Gorey? Gorey? I don't know. Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr. of Hamilton fame. He played Aaron Burr. Um. And it's a fictionalized meeting of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Now, for people that don't know who they are, you're living under a rock. But Malcolm X, civil rights leader, African-American Muslim minister, human rights activist. uh,
0: Head of the Black Panthers? No. Was that Malcolm X? No, No. that
1: was Fred Hampton. That's right. Uh, But he was a vocal spokesman for the Nation of Islam, which he left later on in his career and was probably most likely murdered by the Nation of Islam. Muhammad Ali is Muhammad Ali. The Nation of Islam? Yeah, the Nation of Islam. I don't have time to get into the Nation of Islam right now. Huh. Yeah. Definitely look up the Nation of Islam, though.
0: I will learn some things. Yeah,
1: the Nation of Islam is the African-American political and new religious movement founded in Detroit, Michigan, United States by Wallace Fard Muhammad of July on July 4th, 1930.
0: Yeah. Oh, hurt. I'll look up more shit about that.
1: You should. Um... Muhammad Ali, you know, Cassius Clay, then went by Muhammad Ali when he tra- when he tra- uh, not transitioned. What was it that he did, Muhammad Ali? <laughs> yeah, no, um, he became when he became a Muslim. Oh, he, he renamed he was reborn as Muhammad Ali. Oh, he renamed himself oh. Muhammad Ali. He didn't go by Cassius Clay anymore. Uh, so it's Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, who I feel like not a lot of people know who he is anymore. But he's an American football player. Football player. He was a football player. (laughs) Uh, He was the fullback for the Cleveland Browns in the NFL from 1957 to 1965. And he is considered to be one of the the greatest running backs of all time. Uh, Every season that he was in the league, he was invited to the Pro Bowl. He was recognized as the AP NFL Most Valuable Player three times. He won the NFL championship with the Browns once. He led the league in rushing yards in eight out of his nine seasons. And by the time he retired, he had shattered most major rushing records and in 2002 he was named by the sporting news as the greatest professional football player period bar none when you
0: said shattered i thought you were gonna say he shattered most of his bones uh
1: no he no but he was one of the best uh he carried the ball 2359 times for 12,312 rushing yards and 106 touchdowns which were all all three of those numbers were records when he retired he averaged 104.3 rushing yards per game and is the only player in NFL history to average over 100 rushing yards per game for his career. That record still exists. Hell yeah. Uh, He's a beast. Yeah, no, he, he his 5.2 yards per rush is second best among running backs now. He's in the Football Hall of Fame, Pro Bowl Hall of Fame, 50th Anniversary All-Time Team, 75th Anniversary All-Time Team, 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. He's He's a, a, he's big. He's he's a fucking animal. He's he's probably he'll probably go down as top 5 NFL players ever. And Sam Cooke.
0: <laughs> following up Sam Cooke.
1: And following that up Sam Cooke, a singer. <laughs> Not to, no. Uh Sam Cooke was an American singer, songwriter, entrepreneur. He was influential as a composer and producer and is commonly known as the King of Soul for his distinctive vocals and significance in popular music. Uh, if you can think of a singer today that sings R&B, soul, anything, they were probably influenced by Sam Cooke. A song that he is most well-known for now is A Change Is Gonna Come.
0: Yeah,
1: Love Sam Cooke. So this movie is a fictionalized meeting of those four people. Those four Giants. That
0: sounds like such a cool premise.
1: Yes, and it's basically Malcolm X meets with the th- Malcolm X meets with Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke in a room at a hotel to speak to them about how they can do more for the civil rights movement than he thinks they've been doing. And in this conversation, it's literally just four dudes having a conversation.
0: Hmm.
1: And it it goes places. There's some pretty good boxing scenes, actually, surprisingly. Some of the boxing scenes with Muhammad Ali are actually like really fucking good, but it's mostly just these really well-written, well-done conversations about how Malcolm X, this incredibly outspoken advocate for civil rights, whether he was doing it the right way or not, he was always outspoken, is telling these men, hey, you guys could be doing more and I don't think you are, and literally... The some of the conversations are fucking amazing. And every actor is good.
0: Yeah? All of them. It.
1: All of them kill it. Um,
0: I think when you're I think also when you're offered such an opportunity to play yeah. someone so big, you can't fuck it up. You're like, I need to make but, this my life.
1: But in saying that, all of them kill it to the extent that they're all great. Like, it's not like one person shines out above the rest. They all bounce off each other. Everybody little does little. amazing. Like, it's not necessarily. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's not one of those situations of like, and this is such an old reference, but like the movie 12 Angry Men, uh. where it's like, everybody's great, but Henry Fonda fucking killed it. Yeah. Like, everybody did great, but Henry Fonda was great. All of them kill it. They all do great. It was really, really good. Uh, there are some really great standout scenes, too. Like, But even the scenes stand out, but the acting between the actors is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I really loved it. I hope it gets nominated for a bunch of shit. I hope it gets nominated for Best Writing. Yeah. Uh, But it was so good. Gotta watch that. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime.
0: I'm watching something tonight. and It's between Sound of Metal and that.
1: Watch this. Yeah? Sound of Metal's heavy. This is less so. It's heavy metal? No, it's heavy and Mm. and it's just... Mm. It's a drama. Mm. This is good. (laughs) Watch this. Uh, I will say, at the end it shows because in the movie they say it's based on a true story, yeah, which gives off the idea that this conversation actually happened, which then influenced all of these real life people's next steps towards the civil rights movement, which isn't true.
0: Well, it wasn't based off a true story, like based off their true stories separately. Yeah.
1: But this meeting never happened. Yeah. And so at the end, uh, and it's not so much a spoiler, but Sam Cooke debuts, change is going to come. Oh. And so I'm laying in bed watching it with my girlfriend. And it it starts up this montage of what everybody's up to. And it shows, it starts with Sam Cooke on The Tonight Show. And he had just finished singing a song. and I, It's Johnny Carson. And he's like, you know, God, that was so good. Do you have another song you can sing for us? And I'm laying in bed and I pause it and I turn to Allie and I'm like, He's going to sing a change. It's going to come. <laughs> and she's like, how do you know? And I was like, first of all, it's his most famous song. Second, it's change is going to come. Secondly, if I wrote this movie and I was looking for a way to end it, that's a silver platter. It's it's <laughs> right fucking there. It's too easy. And sure enough, I hit play. He's like, yeah, I got another yeah, song. Goes over. The strings start up. And I literally, I'm laying in bed. I'm just like, called it. Like... But it that makes it sound like it's cheesier it doesn't work. It works and it's really good. Uh loved it.
0: I'm looking forward to watching it though. Yeah,
1: it's really good. Everybody acts their fucking asses off. Uh yeah, and it's it's really great. And that brings me to the most recent movie I've watched. With you. Yeah, I showed you. I thought you picked it on a whim, apparently even mean to watch it. Yeah, cuz I showed you Kung Fu Hustle.
0: That I, hold on. How do we start Kung Fu Hustle? The movie
1: is about a young man trying <laughs> to join a gang called the Axe Gang because they. it takes place in 1920s China.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It it And it's about a young man trying to join a gang called the Axe Gang, so named because they carry axes everywhere. And they have
0: tattoos of axes. Tattoos of axes. They and they wear axes. fedoras.
1: And they wear fedoras. And he wants to join them, and they say no, and they start attacking the slum this is the slum, basically. Yeah, because they the they're trying two, to collect money. The
0: two main characters pose as Axe members originally, and then like the town beats them up, and they like call on they trick Axe members into attacking the town. Uh, and otherwise, the Axe members would just uh, like kill the imposters
1: and move on and get over well, it.
0: But the town,
1: yeah, this this, this it's l- literally this alley. It's called Pigsty <laughs> Alley, and it's just a slum. And everyone in this town is a master of a different kind of Kung Fu. Well,
0: it's like there's three masters of Kung Fu originally. And they
1: all live there. Yeah. And so these, this gang shows up and they just fucking whoop them. It's so funny. Uh, and I showed it to you because... So I watched... This director has another movie that I think you would love if you liked that the one. The soccer movie, right? Yeah, Shaolin Soccer. Which is about two brothers who try to join a soccer team. And use their kung fu skills to their advantage to win games. So imagine kung fu fights, mm-hmm. but a soccer game.
0: <laughs> that sounds really fun, it's, actually.
1: It's, it is fun. It's so fun. Wait, and
0: did I see a clip of that recently? Probably. Dude's on his head spinning, kicking the ball. Or? Yes. Yeah, I have seen a clip of that recently. Uh,
1: and it's directed by a guy named Stephen Chow. And he made Kung Fu Hustle. And mm. so after watching that... My buddy was like, oh, if you like that, you need to watch Kung Fu Hustle. And that was in, I think, 2016. And I just never got around to it because I would look at it and be like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. And, and I, ne- night, I never watched it. And then last night, we were, I was like, what does everybody want to watch? Everybody said comedy. And then Raquel was like, well, I've never seen Black Clansman." I was like, look, it's a really well-written movie. And there are funny bits. It is not a comedy. Yeah, Definitely not what we want to
0: watch. Was, it was marketed as a comedy. Yeah, and
1: then, and then everybody was like, okay, well... I went around. I'm like, what do you want to watch? And they're like, comedy. I pointed out. I'm like, what com- do you want comedy. to watch? She goes, comedy. And I feel like everybody just went what they said. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. And I went on, went through HBO Max, couldn't find anything. We scrolled for a while. Yeah. Went yeah. on HBO Max, couldn't find anything. Went on Netflix, just went to comedy, scrolled down. It popped up and it was the poster, which is the photo of the landlady who was this old chubby lady with curls in it. Like, curling curlers in her hair and a
0: cigarette and a cigarette that she's
1: always smoking and that's the poster and i was like fuck yeah fuck it we're watching it
0: did you know the premise before you started Mm -hmm. you did Mm -hmm. cool jake started this movie without telling any of us didn't say shit
1: didn't tell anybody anything
0: and for the first i think 10 minutes i kept saying i was like i don't know how i feel and because you and i were both like i don't know if i like it and then well because it
1: hasn't i will say this it hasn't aged well
0: no but, if you think about it, because in that era, I believe it was the time that China uh, was really interested in American Hollywood. Uh, and in the early 2000s, around 2004, Looney Tunes was huge. It was massive. It was when all the live-action Looney Tunes movies were coming out. This movie was structured as like kind of a gang war for the first ten minutes. And then after those ten minutes... The Looney Tunes physics start to come into play. People's arms stretch. They run at light speed. Their legs are going in, like, blurred Tasmanian devil motions. It is one of the wildest movies I've seen in a fucking while. It is so much fun to watch. It's awesome. It's, cla- It's like, 2000 CGI, so it's not good. But No,
1: the CGI is not good. Some of the jokes uh, definitely did not age well. No. Because there's one character who is gay, but they keep, they called him fairy the entire movie. Yeah. And like, so like, that's what I meant. Like it didn't age well, particularly with some of the jokes. And also, yeah, the visual effects are bad, but I think that adds to it now.
0: It's kind of charming. Though. Yeah.
1: Like now it, it adds to the funny, Uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. It's very entertaining. It's extremely It's entertaining. very entertaining. There
0: is a fight scene that I really like, and it's, um, like, everybody's a master of kung fu, whatever, but there's this one fight where these two guys have, like, a long-stringed instrument, and they play notes and throw scimitars out, yeah. of, the, out of the notes. They're
1: throwing knives and blades. And through
0: the air, I'm like, that's such a cool, cool idea. That's such a cool enemy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was genuinely a lot of fun. Yeah. It was it was funny at times. No. Made us chuckle.
1: No, Kyle. Yeah. Do you wanna Do you want a history lesson in, in Chinese film history? Because I know you said that China was obsessed with Hollywood in 2004. China wasn't obsessed with Hollywood. Hollywood was obsessed with China. Oh, is it the other way around? It is. It's the exact opposite. Oh, I thought. Yeah. That was oh, I know, I must have been back. So you, yeah, you basically. That's it. I remember learning about it. And here's here's what led to it. Because I think this is... I actually... I love this. And when I learned about this in film history, and then I took a class on uh, Asian cinema. I, in, I
0: remember learning it. I must have just forgotten it.
1: In 2000, Ang Lee, who I believe is... He's the first non-white director to win Best Director at the Oscars. Fun fact. Ang Lee in 2000 made a small, small movie. Not many people have heard of it. It didn't make a major splash called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And by not make a big splash, I mean this movie was an international. It was gigantic. It was fucking massive. And it's hard to comprehend today because every movie that comes out that is heavily advertised is a big hit. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to understand what it means today when a foreign film explodes like this, this movie was referenced in Jimmy Neutron the animated series. That, <laughs> that's how big this movie was. It was fucking huge. Um, did, when did
0: the era start where Hollywood was was obsessing over China? 2000.
1: 2000? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. did it, was, ex- did, it, it
0: did it sort of feed into y- each other? Though? So yeah.
1: So okay. in 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 the sixties, because chi- China has the biggest production. Of film in the world They have the largest studios They're the biggest consumer of film Period
0: Oh consumer of film? Oh they're
1: consumer and builder They have Because they've got Taiwan They've got Hong Kong And they've got mainland China They have a giant market So they're making a lot of movies And it's really cool Chinese cinema is really cool And so in like the 60s and 70s You had Bruce Lee And those movies But those were made In China And then in Hollywood Which then led to China being like, cool, and doing them. And then that led to Hollywood being like, yeah, fuck it, take them. And then we got into like more serious shit. Hollywood was like, yeah, we're back, baby. Star Wars. And then (laughs) uh, in the 90s, Asian cinema and Chinese cinema experienced a beautiful renaissance. Uh, Wong Kar Wai... Edward Yang, Did it, I think?
0: Old Boy was made in China, yeah?
1: Old Boy, South Korean. South Korea? But even that, Asian cinema. Yeah, Asian cinema. A, Southeast Asian cinema in the 90s, while America was having the Sundance explosion of like Richard Linklater, Quentin Tarantino, all those directors that blew up as independent filmmakers, mm-hmm. Southeast cinema was experiencing the same thing, but it, it was so much fucking better. Yeah. Oh my god! Was it just completely underplayed yeah, out here? Not un- I, I, here. Yes. Yeah. In the U.S., yes. But if you go back and watch those movies, they're they're so good. Uh they're they're borderline timeless. Ang Lee, Wong Kar Wai, Edward Yang, and Zhang Yimou, who you probably don't know by name, and that's fine. In the '90s, well, Hollywood was like, oh yeah, independent filmmakers. Those are a fucking thing. Gus Van Sant, yeah, make a movie. Quentin Tarantino, make a movie. Um, Southeast Asian cinema was doing the same fucking thing. And it was awesome. And then uh, Hollywood independent filmmakers went in a completely different direction than Southeast Asian filmmakers. American independent filmmakers that were given the keys to Hollywood went in darker directions and were like, here's a serious movie. Here's a serious movie. Here's a... uh, Depressing movie. You wanted a comedy? Here's Crash. Uh, You know, sad. And Southeast Asian was like, here's something fun and exciting. Here's something really cool. Here's something really awesome. Ang Lee was like, here is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And it exploded. Uh, It's literally a fantasy movie about a sword master... And it's just awesome. There's like the wire work and stuff. Like the 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 influence it had was like you know those fight scenes and literally in Kung Fu Hustle, where they look like they're floating through the air. Yeah, that's Crouching Tiger. Oh, they okay. like it's literally these amazing fight sequences. Where they're, like, jumping up and they float up, basically, to the roof, do a sword fight there. They jump and they leap and they just both, like, and it's awesome. It's a really great movie.
0: Yeah, it's like it was the basis for, like, a lot of in-air yeah, blocking. and
1: then, so that blew up. And then in 2002, sort of, like, cementing the influence being there, a movie called Hero came out. And it's Jet Li's first big feature. That sounds really familiar. It's really good. It's about a assassin who is sent. Fuck, I haven't seen he's it. He's sent ever. somewhere. No, he's sent to kill somebody for like a king. But the director did something really cool. The sword fights in it are amazing. The choreography is great. But it's basically one of those movies where it's like the assassin tells it how he did it. And it's told in a flashback. So you see how he did it. And then another character who was there goes, that's not how he did it. This is what really happened. And they show another flashback of what happened. In a different perspective. In a different way. Because it's a different story now. And then a third person's like, no, that's not what happened. Here's what happened. And it shows a third flashback that's different than the other two. But it's really cool and all the fight sequences are cool. And the director did something awesome where, like, the color palette of each flashback is drastically different. So, like, one, the color palette's red. Everything's bathed in red. The colors are red. The outfits are red. The rocks are red. Everything is red. Next flashback, blue. Everyone's wearing blue. Everything's blue. The pots are blue. The walls, blue. Outfit's blue. Next flashback, green, baby. Everything's (laughs) green, dog. It's awesome. Uh, And it was a a huge hit, too. It made so much money. It uh, became number one at the American box office, and it stayed there for two weeks, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but in terms of a foreign film doing That's that... That's awesome. Yeah. Which it seems... Like, Parasite makes it... Because Parasite just won Best Picture last year and was a huge hit. But before Parasite, gun to my head, I couldn't tell you the last time a foreign film was a big deal. Yeah. These were those.
0: Yeah. that I like that, uh, that uh, concept of using different colors for different flashbacks, too. Yeah. Because we also uh, perceive... Shit and colors very differently. Yeah, we just don't realize.
1: And it's 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 a really great movie. And so basically, yeah, Hollywood wasn't obsessed China wasn't obsessed with Hollywood. Hollywood sort of picked up on, oh shit, well, we were doing our own independent filmmaker thing. Asia's been killing it. Yeah. We should probably tap into that. But then Kung Fu Hustle was also Chinese. It was made by a Chinese guy in China. But it was such a big hit here, too that I looked into it because I, I did some research. Bill Murray...
0: Bill Murray? Kung Bill, Fu Hustle?
1: Bill Murray is quoted as saying, in, a tw- in an August 2010 interview with GQ, Bill Murray praised Kung Fu Hustle, saying it is, quote, the supreme achievement of the modern age in terms of comedy, and that, quote, there should have been a day of mourning for American comedy the day that movie came out.
0: At the time? In 2004?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, the movie is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it was genuinely like, I, I think it was, because at the time, I don't know what Hollywood was doing in terms of comedy at the time, but in terms of movie, in terms of movie making, like Crash was going to go and win Best Picture that year. Yeah. Like, they weren't exactly tapping in.
0: There was an era in like the early 2000s where cinema kind of, they were too focused on CGI and that, making things look cool. Yeah. But not writing good scripts. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like there was a time, because I remember growing up, being like, oh, okay. This stuff's fine. And then when I got older, it became like a new perspective. Because more good shit started to come out, I feel yeah. like, when I got older and we got older. And I looked back and I was like, that stuff sucked. That yeah. stuff sucked so bad.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. It's good. People should watch Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu really Hustle is really, really fun. But Because uh, I feel like we're just ranting now. There are, are a couple announcements. Uh, Fox has delayed some stuff.
0: Um, Didn't 007 just get delayed? Again? Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm, I yeah. want it to come out. I'm hype. I love it's Daniel gonna Craig. It's going to be fun. I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. I love his Bond movies. Casino Royale is great. Skyfall is great. Is production already wrapped? Yeah, probably. I can't imagine they're still filming. It was going to come out in April. Are they just being stubborn? They're, they want to have a big box office weekend. It's too bad. I know. I know. I know. Just make a deal with streaming services. No. <laughs> no.
0: I also want a big box office release. Bad, Kyle. But for the, the sake of like actually making their money. I
1: know. <laughs> It's I'm not, not in on the idea. deals. I just read you the headlines. <laughs> it's a bad
0: idea for them.
1: Uh, no Time to Die, that's the James Bond movie, was delayed till October. The Kingsman, that Kingsman movie? Yeah, the original, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Delayed from March to August. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro's next movie, Nightmare Alley, which has a cast from heaven, uh, delayed until December 3rd. Who's you cast? made a face like yeah. you didn't know the cast. Hold I don't on. know the cast. I don't know anything about let that me, movie. Let me, give, let me give you the cast.
0: Because I still need... To see,
1: we'll we'll do a, a Guillermo lot bit in Guillermo a
0: bit. stuff. Yeah, we haven't done a, a
1: movie marathon. I know. I've been. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to binge all the movies in 2020. <laughs> I can't do two things at once, bro. Although we did start and need we to have started the Before, the Before Trilogy. Trilogy. Uh Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman, Rooney Mara, David Stratham, Halt McNally, Jim Beaver, Mark Povenel, a bunch of other people.
0: That sounds fucking amazing. Clifton
1: yeah. Collins Jr., Tim Blake Nelson.
0: That sounds fun. It I does. like that cast.
1: An ambitious I, Carney, played by Bradley Cooper, with a talent for manipulating people with f- a few well-chosen words, hooks up with a female psychiatrist, played by Kate Blanchett, who is even more dangerous than he is. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Screenplay by Guillermo del Toro. Based on Nightmare Alley by William Lindsay Gresham. Uh, cinematography by some guy. Production company. Yeah, yeah. Coming out... That sounds
0: a lot like Joker and Harley Quinn. Almost word for word, I've well, read that ba- in a comic. It's
1: based on a novel that came out in 1946. So maybe Harley Quinn and Joker sound Probably around, like Nightmare off them. Alley.
0: Yeah. Because ah. the she's more dangerous than he is. That's Suicide Squad. That's a line in Suicide Squad. Probably. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen it. I heard it was terrible. I watched it once. I'm so sorry. Man, that was it. And then uh, this one hurt me the most just because... so. You know me. I do. I don't watch a lot of animated shows. No. What'd you watch? No. What do I watch? I like Bob. Burgers? Yeah. What about Bob's Burgers? I personally relate to Bob. Yeah. I remind myself of Bob. I'm called Bob all the time. Thanksgiving. I've never called you Bob once, bro. Raquel calls me I- I've Bob. I've never heard he'll call you Bob once, bro.
0: Just kind of flat and boring. Don't sell yourself short, <laughs> uh,
1: I used to watch it all the time because... And I used to watch the Thanksgiving episodes all the time because Thanksgiving is They're my...
0: fucking fun.
1: Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday.
0: The turkey apocalypse? Yep,
1: I love Bob. I relate to Bob. I feel Bob on a, sp- on a spiritual level.
0: You are very dad-esque.
1: They announced a Bob's Burger movie.
0: Yeah, they did that a while ago.
1: They have now removed it from their slate. No! No, they didn't postpone it. They took it away. They have taken it down for now.
0: Mhm. No. I like Bob's burgers. I do too. I was
1: pumped. I was mm-hmm. excited. Hey. Hey. Cuz they hyped it up. Hey, don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm not shooting. I'm pu- uh, I'm pissed. But they hyped it
0: they hyped it up. They did. In their interviews. And I'm
1: I'm sure it'll still I'm sure I'm sure it'll it'll happen they just took it down for now because i don't think they have a release date planned yeah so i think they're i think they're taking stock and being like
0: they're not going to keep it up and be like this is yeah coming. like
1: like it's probably still coming it's probably just a matter of like we just have to push everything back and this one didn't even have a release date yet
0: yeah
1: uh but yeah that happened in more lighter news godzilla vs king kong trailer drops on sunday Oh yeah, that'll be fun because that's just a popcorn movie and those are entertaining. Popcorn,
0: punch, punch, kick, kick. Uh,
1: And this brings me to my last thing. Oh, there's a song. Oh my fucking god. Don't fucking hit me. Like, don't No,
0: Jake in this goddamn song. I've heard it so many times. It's last a
1: 25. good song. It's a good song. It's, it's a good song. I'm sure everybody watching knows the song. It's called Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And the reason I'm so confident in saying that everybody knows what the song is called is because it had the biggest global debut ever.
0: Ever. Period.
1: Yeah. Bar none. Over the weekend. It debuted at number 1 worldwide. Yeah. I know. It's
0: so good. You came
1: home today. I heard it. I was down here. playing play it all the time, bro.
0: I heard it's, it playing. it's queued up right now. It takes like 15, 20 minutes for us to get set up for this podcast. And playing the time it from the when whole he came time. home to when I came down to hit the record button, it was playing the whole time. And here's the
1: thing. Oh, this <laughs> this wasn't the last thing I wanted to talk about. I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. God
0: damn about. it. <laughs> but
1: but I love the song and I didn't like the song the first time I heard it because it's it's whiny. It's a kid, it's an 18 year old kid being like, I miss you. We broke up. You have a new girlfriend. Why? And it's like, what the fuck? Shut up.
0: So, for the first half, first half you didn't like.
1: Not even that. Whole song I didn't like first time I heard it. I was like, this is just whiny and there are better breakup songs out there. I work with a girl who is 17. Oh, okay. It is the age demographic. That this song was made for, she loves this song, so every day we play it a couple times just to you know boost spirits. her spirits. You'll hear her. her, you you'll hear her singing it, and it's like, all right, she likes the song. It's Second day it's out, we play it a couple times. I'm like, I, I, I get it, it's catchy. There's a part in the song where it completely totally shifts, and I'm like, wow, that's good. Third day. My coworker said, Hey, can you play? And I hit next on my song, on my music, and it was cute because I wanted it. This song is good. It
0: grew on you, it, didn't it? it Jake.
1: No, it grew. It, it didn't grow. It infected me. <laughs> I haven't stopped listening to it. I have listened to it now. The other day, we put it on at work, and I was standing in a doorway. And, like, if this is the doorway and there's people that way, I just leaned on the doorway. <laughs> you're just and, and the it. whole time I'm just like I got my driver's license last week. Yeah, we were. It's so good. We were making. You
0: were making dinner, and you were playing the song. We played it like four
1: times in a row.
0: <laughs> you were you were stirring some shit, and you're like, I got to get this done fast. I'm like, why? We're and not then it in hit a rush. the transition
1: hit. I was just like, and you just
0: leaned up against like the threshold of the door, and I'm like. Are you good and you're it like it's so, so hard I, I told
1: I told them at work today because I played it at work and I was like it has me missing people and friends anybody just people in general it has me missing friends I haven't talked to in like fucking years because I'm just like whatever happened man? Like, it just hits. Well, wow, you and
0: I got that pretty much same hurts. vibe on different days. It dates.
1: hurts so much in such a good way. I love this song so much. I'm so glad it's number one. And the other reason I'm glad it's number one is because there's some drama. Oh? There's some...
0: Oh, isn't it the girl from High School Musical, the musical, the, the series? Yes.
1: it's Her name is Olivia Rodrigo. She is from the Disney Plus original series, High School Musical, the musical, the series, which I really think... Whoever was in the writer's room for that just did, like, six lines of blow. And was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Or they just like memes. They're like, yeah. this is a meme. Or they had a stroke <laughs> and no one got it. Um, <laughs> there was a
0: typo, and they're like, yeah, that's is perfect. And the dude that made the typo is like, okay. But yeah, so perfect. <laughs> the drama
1: is, um, so she was apparently dating a co-star on the show and they, or or they weren't dating they couldn't date because he was over 18 and she, she was, was 17 under and he was like I'll wait I'll wait don't worry about it oh she turns 18 and he's dating some other girl her name's Sabrina Carpenter her song is not as good we'll get to that all these teenage stars
0: and so music
1: they I break, break up they stop talking whatever um she releases her song huge hit he has a song puts it out couldn't tell you guys fucking name that song is not good <laughs> i listened to it once i was like wow no this is actually not good this isn't not good like driver's license where i'm like no if i listen to this like five times right now favorite song uh this song is not good sabrina carpenter that other girl puts out a song today his his new girl his that new thing she she puts out a song today we listen to it at work today and my coworker literally goes Yeah, no, I I think my coworker put it best. First of all, the drama doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you're using it to sell your song and make money and as a publicity thing, you should still make sure your songs are good. Two out of three of these songs are ass and the other one's the number one song in the world. She's winning. Olivia Rodrigo won. Whether or not it's true, whether it's real or fake, if there's any truth in it at all, it doesn't matter. She won. Number one song worldwide. What's, what's the genre of the other two songs? I don't fucking know. Nuts. I don't want to listen to them again. <laughs> but the best the best summing up of what this song is to young people right now is um, Driver's License. I'm reading this right now. Driver's License is to Gen Z what You Belong With Me was to Millennials. Who's that by? You Belong With Me? Yeah. Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't into Taylor Swift growing up. Dude,
0: now I'm into her. I'm a Swifty. I know you
1: are. I got bullied for singing that song, bro. I sang that that's song. That's bullshit. I I sang that song at karaoke at the school talent show, in fourth grade.
0: That's confidence.
1: No, it was stupid. No, that's confidence. <laughs> but yeah, the best summing up is the driver's license is to Gen Z what "You Belong with Me" was to millennials, and what Adele is to mothers.
0: actually i like that like it it sank in with me because for a minute i'm like was i just like not in the mainstream when i oh oh yeah it's adele and the moms yeah
1: and now i'm gonna read you i found a headline because i was listening to a podcast that i listen to all the time and they their whole bit their whole podcast is they do the news they read three headlines that each of them liked each one picks a headline there's three people they each pick a headline and then they talk about them and Mm. I i i was like that's a good idea and I'm not going to steal their idea. I'm only going to do this one time. But I found a headline and I, I really just think I'm going to read it to you. Death by poodle, dog kills three in fall. Do you want to hear what happened? Of course. Three people and a dog were killed in a strange ch- chain of events that sound like a bizarre urban legend. But the story is true. It starts with a little poodle and ends in a Buenos Aires hospital morgue.
0: Morg,
1: <laughs> Morg Kachi the poodle was the Montoya family's pet they lived in a 13th floor apartment in Caballito, Buenos Aires at the corner of River de-, River de Villa and Morelos streets that's the whitest way I could have said that on the morning of October 21st Kachi was playing on the balcony of the apartment Somehow he slipped through the railing and fell, twisting in the air for 13 stories. At the same time, 75-year-old Marta Espina was walking around the corner, and Espina carried her shopping bag and was just passing an Armenian carpet house with a stained glass window. A witness would later say Espina was speaking with another woman, and they exchanged spaces on the sidewalk seconds before the incident. Kachi landed on Espina's head. Did it kill her? Killing both the woman and the dog instantly. This is where, it, so it's, to me, my, It's horrible. in my head, this is horrible.
0: It is horrible.
1: I laughed. It gets better. A 46-year-old woman named Edith Sola witnessed Kachi landing square atop Espina's skull from across the street. Without watching traffic, she stepped out of a gathering crowd to race across the street. Tires screeched, vehicles swerved, but a bus driver hit her. She dived. <laughs> She's dead she was killed instantly an unnamed man had just stepped out of a pharmacy on the same corner to witness these deaths horrified he fell to his knees clutching his chest all of these events caused him to have a heart attack and he died? and he fucking died what
0: kind of what kind of final destination shit is this? So it all started with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. You couldn't write this. Ooh, final destination. But yeah,
1: this <laughs> happened in 1988. Oh, it
0: did. Yeah, doesn't that's make amazing. it better.
1: Still sad. That's a that's. But also, I just think that's it's not funny. Three people died. A dog died. I know it's not funny. That's also. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> it's also that nobody was like. There was no malicious intent. Nothing. It was no, like, homicide. It just was a mistake. And here's why
1: it's... No, it's... Yeah, but here's... The dog fell? Here's why it's funny to me. The dog's owner. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Imagine being the owner. You open your patio door on your 13th, 14th floor apartment. And you're like, Come here, Kachi. And you look, and there's no dog. And then you hear all this commotion (laughs) because you can't see it. You're 13 floors up. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And you look down, there's a dead woman. There's a woman who was just annihilated in the street by a bus. And then a little ways down the block is a man clutching his chest dying.
0: Also a light car pileup. Yeah. Traffic,
1: screaming, people probably aren't reacting well. Like, and you're just like, what the, and you look down and square below you, is your dead dog and a dead woman. And you know that she walked out, looked over the banister, and people were looking up Oh yeah, no, no one's out. (laughs) Like, like people across the street are probably trying desperately to help this man or freaking out because people are randomly dying at this point. Uh, People in the street are like, holy shit, a woman just got hit by a bus. And then people on her sidewalk are probably like, what the fuck? Like... It's darkly hilarious. Yeah, like I thought it was very funny. I read it and was like, "Wow, I'm gonna like this." I didn't know if you would, but I. Oh, I
0: think did. it's fucking. Hilarious. The fact that it's from '88 softens it a lot.
1: Yeah, because it happened like 30, 30 32 years, years ago. ago yeah, yeah, thirty-two. Yeah, but oh my god, just that 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 stir of events is just fucking insane.
0: That's insane. That's amazing. Not Love amazing.
1: It. It's... It's it's amazing.
0: Beautifully coincidental.
1: It's amazing.
0: Uh, the last thing I had on my list...
1: Yeah, what's the last... Because that's it for me. That's all yeah. I got. Was driver's license and a dog and three people dying.
0: Jake has been just cranking through movies and apparently finding great headlines. Uh, I've been just doing a bunch of stuff too. Uh, one of the things is you were talking about you being like, oh, I miss my friends. I Ta- my, talking I about uh, so Talking about driver's license That's the vibe I had I'm not going to go into it But that's the vibe I had Coming out of uh, Before Sunrise Yeah Because I sat there And you guys were like Having a good time And I'm like Sitting there with my tea Like staring off in the distance And you guys are like You good? You want to talk? Yeah I was going to say It got you down bro It didn't get it didn't even get me down It just got me nostalgic I was like Oh Old happy times um, But I, I Look forward to hearing About that series Because it's great
1: it's, it is. It's it's they're they're movie. really good. We'll watch another. One. We'll watch the rest soon. Yeah. Um, I have three more movies to watch, and then we'll watch the others.
0: Yeah, and Ethan Hawke is just a beautiful man. He's gorgeous. Uh, Ethan the last Hawk thing I had on watching. my list. I love you. <laughs> the last thing I had on my list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the last thing you had on your list?
0: The last thing I have on my list.
1: He's the last thing me. you have on your list. Yeah. What is it?
0: Look they're at, not split. At, I know. Look they look split, I but know, they're not. The I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> they look split. My, my dream was to like edit us individually, and I can't do that yet. So it's just mashed. Uh, he's getting big. I, I love this guy. His name is Joel Haver. Mm-hmm. J-O-E-L-H-A-V-E-R. He is a YouTuber and an animator. Uh, he is one of the freshest coolest animation styles it's not clean but it's really fun uh what he does is he films something and then takes a frame at the beginning of like a keyframe and then the next 30 frames he finds a frame at the end of those 30 frames traces out both of them and has a program that fills in the rest of the animation for him oh okay and it's it's really wild and he pumps out these videos the animation's really fun his backgrounds are really fun even greater he it's like sketch comedy and it's so fucking funny there's one about npcs getting in a follow mission where they look around and they're like what's that must have been my imagination anyway and it's one of the funniest videos i've seen in a long time uh this guy's awesome he's talented if you haven't seen him go I'll look at he him. sounds awesome he, he he's fucking cool he's an he's a cool guy uh he's also like he has a face that's like looks like he's socially awkward and he uses that to his advantage. Gotcha. In his live stuff. There's a video he has where he introduces two friends and it's titled when introducing your friends go too well. And the whole video, they're just shitting on him. That's funny. The last like 10 seconds is like the camera's here. fisheye lens, just tears. And he's like, I knew you guys would get along. That's funny. He's my best friend. He's really, really great. So he's a great creator. I thought, I I think I'm going to like look for more creators like underground creators. I know he's he's starting to take off right now. I love him. Go f- look at him if you want to find uh, something fun and interesting. Thanks for watching, guys.
1: Yeah, catch us next week when we got more stuff to when talk about. We got
0: more stuff and uh
1: and more movies more movies, more probably, interesting headlines. I'll, I'll probably have more music. Yeah, I'll definitely have more headlines. <laughs>
0: I'm going to be watch, I'm going to watch a couple more movies. I'm going to do like two tonight. Good. Uh but we'll see you guys in the next episode.
1: Thanks for watching. Oh oh, oh 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 um 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 like and follow us like us on facebook oh, follow facebook. us on twitter and yeah just share and like comment subscribe all that yeah, it really helps us out any any anything. like anything it really just helps us out getting us out there
0: yeah if even if you guys are like these guys are right just anything helps like it really makes us feel good it,
1: yeah it really helps out
0: Yeah, Um, But we're on Facebook, Twitter We are on the podcast on Spotify now Podcast
1: is on Spotify
0: So we're spreading our wings
1: Uh, I've got There's a Facebook page for the podcast And the channel itself From the seller There's a Twitter for From the seller There's going to be one for Here's the Thing There's going to be pages on Facebook For Game Seller And there's going to be a Twitter page for Game Seller And then I'm going to just tackle Instagram Once I'm done making those two
0: yeah. So again, if you want to yeah, help us. Yeah, give us a
1: like, follow, please. Share, subscribe too. Would please. be really great. Please. Um,
0: please. Please.
1: Please. 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 We would really love wow, it. Wow, that got really loud and I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't hear me, but I was saying please, if you could just please. We would really love it if, if you, you could, could just please give us a little bit of support. Like, like you're um, going to just cut this eventually, right? Like, you're going to, this never. is the end.